benefits of wisdom and the consequences of none. Benefits of wisdom, consequences of none. I took this right out of Proverbs. My points, they're, they're directly out of Proverbs. We went over this a couple weeks ago. I don't know exactly what Barry spoke on last week. I know he spoke on wisdom. But tonight is the benefits of wisdom and the consequences of none. I'm going to go ahead and do the consequences first because, well, I, wanna, I want you to leave on a good note tonight with the benefits of wisdom. But check out these consequences of no wisdom. Check this out. I think they're on one screen. Now, this is not even all of them that Proverbs lists. It's probably not all of them that the Bible lists. This is living a life apart from wisdom. Now, real quick, let's have something interactive here. What is wisdom? Does anybody know what wisdom is? What do you think wisdom is? Yes, I believe that's part of it. It is knowledge because without knowledge, you're not going to know. You're not going to have a foundation of what to do. And wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. Yes. So here, here's the deal here. Like. If you have no clue, you're just ignorant. Well, you're not going to have any wisdom. So you got to have a little bit of knowledge, a foundation. And wisdom is the proper application of what you know. All right. Or what God knows, or what the Word says, all right? Many people do not have wisdom. Just look on Facebook. People put some weird stuff out there, and on Snapchat, and on, you say, oh, no, people are full of wisdom on there, really. Why is, why is the justice system always using Facebook as evidence? The stuff that people text each other. Oh, man, the stuff that people say to each other on the phone, it's a lack of wisdom. Hey, and we've all made mistakes, all right? I understand that. But look at the consequences of no wisdom. I want to hit the first point there, and that's disaster. That is in, let's go to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 27. Check this out. Proverbs 1, 27. If you have a hard copy of your Bible, you have your Bible, great, go to that. And if not, we'll look at, a, look at it right here on the screen. Proverbs 1. 27. Look at this. And it's actually wisdom speaking here. Wisdom is saying when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone. It's talking about, look, you didn't listen when I was there. So when you're in trouble, I'm not going to be there to help you, basically. And anguish and distress overwhelm you. So disaster is a terribly strong word. All right. How many people have you seen? You don't have to raise your hand. But you can probably count them in your head. How many people have you seen make destructive choices because they had no wisdom? Maybe the wrong people they're around. They're at the wrong place at the wrong time. Ill choices. Just poor, poor choices. How about this? I've noticed this a lot. I was, I was noticing something the other day and I feel like God kind of tipped me off and I was I was looking at someone's life and they've have a history of loving God but they they've also for in recent years they've really struggled and I know them well and I thought what is the problem with this person why are they struggling so so much why are they struggling and struggling and struggling and it dawned on me you know like a light bulb goes goes off in your head I know my head's already shining today I shaved it so it's clean but the light bulb goes off on in your head and you go, oh, and I thought of this person. I said, the reason they've struggled for as long as I've known them, as long as I've known them, and it's been years, is guess what? Look, this is going to be really deep. You ready? They never listen. They never listen. 
They don't listen to their parents. They don't listen to a pastor's advice. They don't listen to family. They don't listen to anybody unless it agrees with what they've already planned to do. They don't listen. And this person, I, b- I believe that they've had some disastrous, some disastrous consequences already. But I also believe that they're headed for even greater disaster if they don't start listening. Now, does it mean that you listen to everybody? No, we talked about Facebook. There's some dumb advice out there. There's some really dumb advice. There is. Okay. But then there's good advice. If the advice lines up with God's, God's word, you can't get any better than that. You can't. You can't get over on that. You can't get around it. If God said it, then it's true. Talking about wisdom for marriage or wisdom for taking care of your body or wisdom for seeking God or whatever. And that's why we this. Let's put those back up for me, Micah, if you would. The first one, the first point, once again, this is the consequences of no wisdom. We'll share the benefits at the end just so we leave here encouraged. But these are the consequences of no wisdom. And the first one is disaster. You've seen this your whole life where people just made crazy choices. They ignore. They ignore advice. Here's here's one of my favorites. And I've said this during the wisdom series already. Here's one of my favorites, personal favorites, is when someone asks for advice. I just hinted at that. They ask for advice, hoping, hoping and praying that you give them the advice that lines up with what they were already planning on doing. I've had people get mad at me. They ask something, and I give them the word, and they're like, well, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, well, you asked. Um, You don't have to do it, but why ask? Like, I'm not going to tell you to do the crazy, crazy thing you have planned in your mind. I'm not going to tell you to do that. So many people's choices, lack of wisdom, lead them to disaster. Look at point two tonight. Point two tonight. Let's go to verse 27 again. Distress and anguish. It's all in the same verse. Look at verse 27. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, this is folks that have not listened to wisdom. When disaster engulfs you like a cyclone, look at this. You really, you've not listened to wisdom and all this stuff is going on. What's the next? What's the next screen there? And it talks about, it talks about um, distress and anguish. Can you go to the next one? And anguish and distress overwhelm you. Let's talk about some stuff that brings anguish and distress. Anguish and distress. Distress, an easy way to remember what that word means is stress. You ever been in a situation you're like, this is overwhelming. And it may have not been your choice. Maybe you didn't put yourself in that situation. Maybe you did. But you're in a bad situation, whether somebody decided or this, this happened, it befell you, someone's lack of wisdom or your lack of wisdom. You said, man, I feel stressed out. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I can't do it. Here's an example of something that leads to distress and anguish. How about substance abuse, alcohol, drugs, uh, prescription meds? I have a extended family, someone who's related to me, and years and years ago they got into a, a situation where they got addicted to pain meds and alcohol, and it is, it has brought so much, and it's heartbreaking because this person is a decent person. I love them. I think they're a wonderful person. This this person has had so much distress and anguish over the years. Talking about like leading to accidents, leading to problems, leading to issues with the law. Let me just ask you all a question right now. You can nod your head yes if you think so. 
Is it stressful being in trouble with the law? That'll bring distress and anguish, won't it? Real quick story. This is part of my testimony. It almost sounds dumb because some of you are like, man, that's nothing, Pastor Matt. That's nothing. Summer of 1995, I was, I had just turned 19 years of age, and I was looking to invest in a house. Okay? And th- that's just part of the story. And I was, I, that summer I tithed on and off. It was stupid. <laughs> like really stu- and I knew better. My car was breaking down. Stuff was getting stolen, negative bank account. I'll never forget. Just everything was going wrong. And it seems like at the same time, I was starting to get pulled over left and right. I remember I got stopped. I ran a red light is what they said. And and I, I'm sure I did. I don't really remember, but, hey, I'm sure I, d- I'm sure I did. I remember exactly where it was. Y'all remember where the old Chinese kitchen was, right? <laughs> And I'll never forget, I went through, and the cop followed me, and, man, I'm in trouble. And then there's a ticket, and I went to the judge, and the judge says, I'm not going to charge you nothing, but it's court fees. And so they didn't charge me nothing, but it was $40 court fees, and I was already struggling. And so uh, during this time where I kept getting pulled over, I remember I was looking for houses on the south side. I was looking at houses, and this is in broad daylight. This is not at night. This is not me going in the middle of the night like at midnight and scoping people out and rolling through real crazy because I had a a red Grand Dam and dark tinted windows. This was during the day. And I remember I had looked through a few houses on Castle and Palace on the south side toward Heiser, south side of Hobbs, and a cop pulled me over. And I remember thinking, man, I was driving about 15 miles an hour. I wasn't speeding. What happened? They pulled me over and said, hey, are you a... are you scoping out the neighbor- neighborhood? Somebody called, and is everything okay? And, are, you know, what are you, what are you doing? And I remember, and the guy wasn't rude. He was actually just asking me. They were concerned, some neighbors. And I said, they said, you're rolling through real slow. And I said, officer, I was looking at for sale signs. I had a tie on because it was like lunch break. I worked at a finance company. I was well-groomed, or I thought I was. I had hair feathered back, you know, so whatever, a young lion, right? So, I mean, and he goes, oh, you're looking at houses, like, to buy? And I go, yes, sir, I, I'm just looking at options around here. He goes, oh, okay, well, somebody called because you're driving through the neighborhoods really slowly. Oh, okay. It's like, man, my lack of wisdom that summer, and sure, several of the times I got pulled over, I really deserved it. It was a lack of wisdom. It brought, it brought some distress. I don't know if I'd call it anguish, but I remember it being stressful after a while after a while i had me looking in my rearview mirror like am i going to get pulled over crazy i would never really been in trouble with the law besides you know some speeding tickets so my poor decisions my lack of wisdom was messing with me how about this how about wrong relationships do they steal your joy and peace oh my gosh you say and the girls are like yeah that's why i'm not going to be with the wrong man well okay that's a good place to start ladies you can hang out with the wrong woman who's your friend just bad relationships. Same with guys. Friends of the same sex, opposite sex, or romantic relationships. Any kind of relationship. A business, di- business partnership with the wrong person can steal your joy and peace, give you distress and anguish. How about poor financial decisions? You ever made some bad financial decisions? Oh, I have. That's stressful. Golly, it'll steal your sleep. It'll make you go bald. <laughs> Y'all keep laughing at my bald jokes. I'm going to keep telling them. I'm coming up with different ones. It's all new stuff. But anyway, like 
Poor financial decisions will stress you out. They will. All right. Let's go back up to the consequences of no wisdom. Look at this one. Look at this consequence of no wisdom. Choking on evil or dumb plans. Let's look at that verse. Verse 31. Look at that. What does verse 31 say? Look at this one. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. <laughs> it's funny to me how they have glamorized drug dealing now. You guys notice that? It depends on the hood you grew up in. Or I remember growing up on the south side and like, dude, he dresses nice. He's a drug dealer. And I remember them getting respect and stuff. And I remember, how dumb is that? Well, there was a guy, you guys have heard of him. His name was Pablo Escobar. Anybody ever heard of him? Major, major drug dealer from where, Colombia? You can glamorize his life all you want to. And don't get me wrong, I have a morbid fascination with how they've lived just because it's interesting, right? It's like these crime stories. But I don't admire their lifestyle. You say, man, well, they were pretty awesome. Yeah, he was a leader. He was cruel, satanic, and diabolical. Like they would kill soccer referees after a game if they refed wrong. They'd walk up and just blow them away. Boom. Just crazy, killing people, bloodshed. And that's part of why he was so successful. He was so cruel. But you say, man, talk about choking on an evil or dumb plan. I, I watched a, a documentary several months ago on Pablo Escobar. And at one point, he was this rich and powerful drug dealer. And the people around him respected him and loved him. They were flying planes to different islands full of drugs. They were so rich at one point, his empire, he was so rich, that they would land the planes and, like, crash land them and then take the drugs off, and they would leave the plane there. They didn't even try to get them back on a runway, and they'd just land them, and that would be the delivery. The delivery was worth so much more than the airplane, they would just leave the airplane on this island. Just crazy. They were doing all kinds of stuff. He was inventing new ways to sell drugs. They were flying drugs all over the world and stuff. But then if you see how he ended up, Pablo Escobar, he ended up, with him and his buddy, and what was his name? It was a guy, his, his, his personal bodyguard. Oh, Popeye was his nickname. Popeye in Spanish, I guess, right? Popeye. Kind of a gray-headed dude now, and they were interviewing him. He spoke all Spanish. There were subtitles. And that guy was still loyal to Pablo Escobar. He called him el jefe or el líder. I don't remember what he called him, but he loved him to the, their last breath. But it got down to the point, this guy who had an empire, he was so powerful that he made a deal with the Colombian government and said, you guys are right, I deserve to be in prison, so if y'all will let me, I'm going to save the taxpayers money because I love my country so much, after he'd been doing terrorist attacks, right? He built himself a prison to live in. Built himself a prison. They would bring in prostitutes and drugs to the prison. They were doing whatever they want, but he built a prison for himself. It was like a mansion. He'd bring in the professional soccer players and they had a soccer field. Just ridiculous just sounds crazy. You should look into this dude. And the moral of the story is the lack of wisdom because all of his ill, like scripture would say, ill-gotten wealth, money he got through trafficking drugs, murdering people. At the end of his life, he's down to him and his bodyguard. Pretty soon he tells his bodyguard, you better go. It's just me. He lost everything and he's running from the authorities. And the guy dies. He gets shot on a roof. It's such a stupid way to die. Like they treated him like an animal. He gets shot and he's just dead, and they're just kind of throwing his body around. They're taking pictures with the body, the drug agents. Like, can you imagine? They kill you, and then they're taking pictures with you. Like, what a way to go. 
And chances are, I don't know because I'm not God. Chances are, if he didn't repent, he died and went straight to hell. Is that wisdom? Oh, what a glamorous life. He had women and he had cars and he had money and he had power and he was flying airplanes and he was he was terrorizing people and he was controlling elections and he was buying the government. But he was a fool. He died in his own blood. They're all alone, got shot. And just died. And then they were just throwing his body around, like I said, just real disrespectful. They had his body. It's just terrible. Talk about choking on your own evil plans. All because of a lack of wisdom. Golly, just terrible. Mafia, drug dealers, it always ends the same. But then there's regular folks in the day-to-day who choke on their schemes as well. Bad plans, ill-advised. They're not listening to any, anybody. And it turns out to be rotten. So just remember that. That's point three tonight, consequences of no wisdom. We're going to get to the next consequence, and then we're going to get into the benefits. Aren't y'all glad, all right? So you don't go home sad tonight. Point four is pretty heavy. It's verse 32, destruction. Verse 32. Check this out real quick. For simpletons, a simpleton is someone who is unwise or has zero wisdom or completely ignorant. For simpletons, turn away from me to death. This is wisdom speaking. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. Does anybody know what complacency is? Complacency can be like laziness. Like, you ever heard the song, Que sera, sera? Whatever will be, will be. You guys remember that song? Que sera, sera? Just, ah, just whatever, man. I'll just leave that alone. It'll take care. All things come to he who waits. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work out that way. Sometimes you got to wait, but sometimes you got to be proactive and take initiative. So this says fools are destroyed by their own complacency. They're basically destroyed by their own lack of wisdom. Now, destruction can mean destruction in life and in the afterlife. What's destruction after you've died? Anybody? Eternity in hell. Yeah. I didn't make this stuff up, guys. I'm not trying to be too harsh. It's in Scripture. But those that reject Jesus are what? Unwise. Those that are complacent or lazy and go, you guys have heard this your whole life. Oh, man. Yeah, I know my grandma talks about that. I know you guys are going to church, but I got my whole life. I got my whole life ahead of me. I've heard people say that. I've heard people say that right before they died. I've seen people have bad attitudes and not be right with folks around them, walk in unforgiveness, and then suddenly die. I've seen it. It's heartbreaking. So the fourth consequence of no wisdom that I've listed here straight out of Proverbs is destruction in this life and or the next. That's terrible. Scripture says, what does it profit someone to gain the whole world and lose their soul? Or how about this? My grandma used to say this. What good would it do you if you gained the whole world and lost your family? My grandma used to say that because she knew There were some family members of mine, some tios and tias that were workaholics. All they did was work. And she said, man, what if you gain all this and then lose your family? What would it even matter? So that's crazy right there. Let's go. Let's go. Somebody say good. Let's go to benefits of having wisdom. All right. Praise God. And we'll start to close out with this. We'll close the rest of the message with this. Benefits of having wisdom. Two weeks ago. I gave you that point. I just thought it merited being repeated, and that is successful life. 
how can you be successful in life? What are some ways you can be successful in life? Anybody? What, what you would consider success? Yeah, obeying God, that's a, that's a type of success. Family? Mm-hmm. Having a good family, being close to your family, um, having family who's believers, or uh, still being in contact with your family. Some people, like, they hate their family, won't speak to them no more. That, that's not successful. Wh- what else? What else would be success, a successful life, do you think? I'll just go ahead. Finances, good financial decisions. You have enough money. You say, man, well, I, I'm not going to be rich. Hey, God's called us to different things. I don't know that all of us are going to be rich in here, but I believe we're all going to prosper if we'll seek God and give and obey his word. He's called you to prosper. Have enough for you and your family and for other people that you want to bless. It's an amazing blessing to have enough for you and be able to give to someone else huh, when Christmas comes or to fill up someone's vehicle with gas. That's a, an amazing blessing. So, yes, let me just let me just give you the short version of this. A successful life in everything, family, relationships, you've forgiven people, you're not bitter, anything happens to you, you just be like that. Be like, man, I'm not going to keep that, that's not mine. Jesus forgave them, I forgive them, I'm moving on, that's success. Successful in everything. Look at verse 3, Proverbs 1, 3. Their purpose is talking about these Proverbs and wisdom, their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is what right just and fair so number one on the benefits list is a successful life how about this one look at number two guidance i believe this is one of the major things we as believers should really cash in on and that is getting guidance from god and getting guidance from wise people around us once again, I've, you've heard me say this before. I can't say this enough. Don't go to a fool for advice. If you're struggling in your marriage, don't go to someone who's been divorced seven or eight times, right? If you're struggling with money, you may go to someone who's struggling in their marriage, but they know how to make money. So you say, man, I, I need to ask them some money advice. Or if you've struggled with your health, would you ask somebody who, who has never really been in a gym or that's not their thing or they just eat fast food all the time? That wouldn't make sense, would it? So you go to wise people who are wise in certain areas to ask about certain things. And that's guidance. You get guidance. All right. You can ask the Lord for guidance. Look at this. Let's go to real quick. Isaiah 58, 11. I love this promise in Isaiah 58, 11. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry. And restoring your strength. We'll stop right there on that verse. You will be like a well-watered garden. That's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. He will guide you. Now, let's go to Proverbs 1.5. Check this out. Proverbs 1.5. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Look at this. Let those with what? Understanding. Receive guidance. Yeah. If you have a little bit of understanding, then you say, man, I need guidance in this area. Do you know how many questions I ask all the time? I ask people about vehicles. I ask people about houses. I ask people about finances. I ask people about what they know. I ask them about their lives. I'm always pulling wisdom from somebody and information. I love getting information so I can apply it as wisdom. So there's guidance there. All right. Let's go back to our list of benefits. How about this? I love this promise. Grace. 
To me, grace is help, strength, and empowerment to live and do right. Grace is God's hand on your life to accomplish his will. All right? Grace is God's hand on your life to accomplish his will. So you need grace. I know people have confused this. They think grace means mercy. Grace is actually God's empowerment for you to live right, for you to do right, for you to make right choices, for you to be able to forgive. Grace is God's hand on your life, his anointing, his power, and his presence for you to fulfill and do his will. Okay? Let's go back to the benefits there and look at number four, honor. I think everybody in here, every human I've ever met, wants to be honored in some way. Wants to, hey, you guys are here on a Wednesday night because you want to honor God. But we all want to be honored too and recognized, huh? I remember seventh grade. Does anybody remember seventh grade? Um, what class was that? It wasn't communication skills. Life skills. Did you, anybody take life skills in seventh grade here in Hobbs? It's been a while. for. Okay. You do remember that one, Johnny? Life skills. I remember in life skills there was a guy named Mr. Delorimir at Heiser. That's a $15 word. So we called him Mr. D. I'll never forget the way he looked or sounded, and he would lean on the desk when he talked to you, and he was full of wisdom. And he said one time, he said, everybody is wearing a sign. Everybody. And he said, can you guess what that sign is? Some people can't. Well, what would it, everybody's wearing a sign. He said, everybody's wearing a sign that says, make me feel important. Like I matter. So, yeah, if you get wisdom and you put God first, he's going to set you apart as unique, favored, and special. You're going to be different. You're going to be different. He's going to make you an example and an inspiration to others and a light. So let's go to verse 9, and it's going to sum up those last two points, and we'll discuss it briefly, and then we'll pray. What you learn from them, what you learn from the Proverbs, what you learn from the wisdom found in this book of Proverbs, will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. Chains are noticeable, aren't they? I, I, uh, I, I like necklaces. And we went to Israel in October, and my wife got me a, a stainless steel necklace with a Star of David on it. And our tour guide told us, well, it's actually the shield of David is what that really meant. And it's a sign that is on the Israeli flag. So I wore it ju until just the other day because I, I love it, but it's just it was just a lot to mess with. I was just like, man, I just, I'm going to take this off now. And I love it, though. I want to wear it again. I like necklaces. But necklaces, ladies, you wear necklaces so that they'll be noticed. You're not always making a statement, but it adds to who you already are, right, Julie? And if you wear it outside of your shirt, it's very noticeable. So in the same way, if you'll honor God and you'll seek his wisdom, if you'll fear God, Scripture says the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So what you learn from wisdom will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. That's kind of important. All right? That's kind of important. So here's what I want to do tonight. I'd like you to bow your heads, close your eyes, if you would, please. And as the soft music plays there, thank you so much. Is there anybody in this house that says, Pastor Matt, if I died tonight, this is the beginning of wisdom is fearing God. Scripture says, Jesus, once you've accepted him, has been made unto you wisdom and righteousness. First Corinthians talks about that. First Corinthians 1.30. Jesus has been made unto you 
wisdom. So is there anybody in this house who says, you know what, Pastor Matt? I need to accept Jesus and make him Lord of my life. Because if I die tonight, I don't know where I'm going. I've never accepted Jesus. Is that you tonight? Just raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. You say, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life. Because if I die apart from him, I don't know where I'm going. God bless you guys for your courage. God bless you. Anybody else in this house? Thank you for your courage. Now, as a church family tonight, I want you all to repeat this prayer with me. This is for those that raised their hands, but I want everybody to repeat it. Say, Heavenly Father, I can't make it without you. I'm done with trying to do it on my own. Lord God, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I accept Jesus in my heart, and I confess him as my Savior and Lord. He is my wisdom, and he is my righteousness. I believe Jesus died and rose again so that I could spend eternity with him. I believe in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for saving me from myself and from my sin and saving me from hell. Thank you, Lord. Right there where you are with your eyes closed, if there's anyone in this house that says, man, some of these wisdom points tonight really touched me, I, Pastor Matt, I just want you to pray for me right where I sit. Raise your hand, and I'm going to pray with you. We're going to agree as a family tonight. God bless you. God bless you. Let's agree. Father, I thank you for your wisdom. Father, I thank you because you're faithful. Father, I thank you because you said your word would never return void. It would always accomplish what you sent it to accomplish. Now, God, I break every attack of the enemy over the lives and families in this place. I break lies and fear and any witchcraft or word curses or anything that has come against these folks in this house, God. Now I loosen the Spirit of God and the blood of Jesus is over them, God, and the fruit of the Spirit that you would be, be with them and minister to them, God. Give them strength and courage, Lord, in their situation. I thank you tonight, Father. You're giving them wisdom. They raise their hand. They're brave enough to say, something touched me tonight. I needed that. And I thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to them. We give you glory tonight. We worship you. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.